Hey everybody, Jason here. This is a bonus episode made up of clips that didn't make it into our Jonah episode. These are meditations on uh, various parts of the book and themes of the book. So it's going to be a little less information and more us just kind of thinking through, you know, what does Jonah say to us as Christians? There's going to be a few different chunks. There's going to be a little uh, music clip in between each one to kind of separate the different thoughts out. And then if you hold on to the end, there's a little bit of a blooper where Martin and I are making fun of each other because I just couldn't bring myself to, you know, not share that. So thanks for joining us and we hope that you enjoy the bonus content. What is your favorite verse in the book? Yeah, my favorite, and I could have picked a few different places, but the one that I would put was uh, one that I read earlier, Jonah 1.3, that when Jonah is fleeing to Tarshish, he thinks he can get away from the presence of the Lord. But Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, found a ship that was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, boarded it, and went with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. Just because it's very easy for us. I don't mean to make this like an allegorical interpretation because he's literally like physically running away, but it's easy for us in our own lives to think there are ways that we can like get away from what God wants us to do because we have the same tiny God that Jonah, that Jonah has in our heads. We're just like, you know what? I don't like what God has to say about human sexuality. So I'll just stop going to church because I don't want to hear it. I don't want to be around it. And we don't sit there and go, I don't believe in God anymore. We're like, no, I still believe in God, but I don't like what he says about this. So I'm going to stop going to church or I don't like what God says in Matthew 18 about how when someone sins against me, I have this process of reconciliation I have to go through. Or I don't like when God says that when someone does me wrong, that I have to forgive them 70 times, 70 times. Like, I don't like that. So I'm just going to run away from the church. I'm going to run away from that relationship that's broken and in need of repair. Like, whatever. We love to do this in little ways in our own lives. We don't like physically like sell the house and move but we'll stop going to church. We'll stop talking to the person we know we need to forgive. We will, uh, you know, leave the small group where the teacher taught something that challenged us. We'll, what, we'll stop praying because we're frustrated with God or why didn't you do, you know, X thing that I asked you to do. We love to run away from God in little ways in our lives. And Jonah did the same thing and it almost got him killed. And the reality is, if you choose consistently to run away from God in your life in an eternal way, it will result in your death. And that is a hard teaching and it sucks to hear, but it's a warning worth hearing that if you continue to run away from God, you will forfeit eternal life and it is not worth it. So that's my favorite verse because it is challenging and it's relatable, unfortunately. What about you, Martin? I want to hear your favorite verse. I read my verse earlier, uh, Jonah 4.2. He says, he prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you were a gracious and a compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. And so when you read this, Jonah's almost saying it sarcastically because he's so mad about it. But these are these are lines from earlier in the Old Testament that were meant to describe exactly who God is. He is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love, uh, a God who relents from sending calamity to the people. Uh, 
this is out of Exodus, actually. This, this line comes directly after the Israelites are brought out of Egypt, and they can see how God loves them, and that he delivers them from the Egyptians. And so this calamity that they're talking about would be the Egyptians murdering all of them, right? He's slow to anger because the Israelites were so whiny through that entire journey uh, that he was gracious and compassionate. He knew that the Israelites were serving false gods in Egypt, and he continued to be faithful to them. He delivered them to be gracious and to get them into a situation where they would do better. He was compassionate. He cared about them. Uh, and what I always, I always love the word compassion when we talk about God, because when we think of compassion, we think, okay, I, I always use the image of a homeless person asking for money. You look at him and you get that like guilty feeling in your stomach and you're like, Oh man. And you try to avoid it. You, you don't want to con make contact. You don't want to look at them. You don't want them to talk to you. But God, that's not how God is compassionate. Uh, the Greek word, which Jason will correct me on my pronunciation later, splognesomai, actually requires action. It requires that you get that feeling, right? And you start to feel bad, but you, you get that feeling because you care for somebody. And it results in action almost every time. It, it requires that you do something about it. And so in this situation, God is compassionate. He is taking care of his people. But Jonah assumes his people is Israel and not the people that were created in the image of God, all of the people. And so he takes compassion on Nineveh and saves them. It's this, this amazing image of what it means to follow a God who loves everybody. It's this amazing image that you see through Jonah, and it culminates in this very last chapter where Jonah gets so upset, and God asks him, is it right to be upset? Yeah, we did have one last, like, what's the point of the book? But I think we've hit it a lot. Uh, the point of the, the book revolves around how Jonah as this like stand in for all of God's followers will rebel against God and then receive grace, but then thinks that others don't deserve it. And we do the same thing, right? All the time, whether it's with people that have hurt us or there's a particular group of sins that we can't forgive or whatever. Um, so I'd like to just kind of, I'll make this my last comment, although it's obviously not me. I just want to read the last handful of verses of Jonah and just kind of let anyone who's listening to this just kind of sit with sit with Jonah and ask, am I being like him or have I learned to trust the Lord's judgment? Uh, so this the book's going to end, just a warning, the book's going to end on a cliffhanger. It's not going to tell you how Jonah responds to what God says. But chapter four, verse five and onward, God has forgiven Nineveh. Jonah's mad about it. This is what happens. Jonah had gone out and sat at a place east of the city, and he made himself a shelter and sat in its shade and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant 
and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about this plant. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed through the plant so that it withered. And when the sun arose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? Jonah replied, it is. And I'm so angry. I wish that I were dead. The Lord said, you've been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it and you did not make it grow. It sprang up overnight and it died overnight. Should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also as many animals? When Jonah is at the end of the book, right? We get, to, we get to see that image of exactly what Jason's talking about. Uh, God is the one who judges and not Jonah, not us. And so as we get to the, the end of the book in chapter 4, you see Jonah is furious with God. And he says, well, well, why would you do this? And God says, shouldn't I care for the city of Nineveh as much as you care for these things that I've given you that you've done nothing about? And so uh, it's, it's this really big question that ends the book, and it's really meant to be reflective in our lives. It's not supposed to just be read as, okay, this is Jonah's problem. This is a problem that we deal with that we're supposed to ask ourselves, what areas have I been doing this in, and how can I do better? And so, yeah, that's, uh, the, that's an awesome question to ask with any book of the Bible, right? Like, in what ways... Have I been living out the lessons here? In what areas of my life do I need to repent? I think we've mentioned similar questions in past podcasts. So that's an awesome way to read any book, including Jonah. First of all, Jason, you're an old man. You're almost 25. What a... What a old man. I can see your gray hairs coming in. My knees are aching. My back hurts. For I've been those yelling of you at kids to get off my lawn all day. For those of you that don't know both of us, um, Jason's like eight months older than me, but I like to give him a hard time about it. I also look significantly older than him because I'm losing my hair. But You don't uh, have a forehead. You have a five head. All right. We're... We're drawing the line there. So 